If you have your Bible tonight, go ahead and open it up to John chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 63. Hallelujah. We kind of ended there last week as we were just flowing. And I want you to just believe with me tonight for utterance. Hallelujah. We believe that God has some wonderful things that he wants to say. I want you guys to be very strong in knowing as you're walking through this life at this time that you have been given authority. When Jesus came out of the grave, he said, all authority in heaven and on the earth has been given to me. And then he said, now you go in my name, right? And I'm telling you where the name of Jesus is spoken, that's where his presence, that's where his power, that's where his provision is, amen? We started last week by talking about what the Bible says about our words, right? We started in Numbers 14, where it says that God says, as truly as I live, as you spoken in my ears, so will I allow in your life. So we, we find out that God is, he's going to allow what you allow, what you speak. You know, there's all this stuff on sovereignty. And do we say God is sovereign? He absolutely is sovereign. He set this whole thing up. This is a word planet. Words created it. Words govern it. Amen? So we're going to see all this. And here is rule number one of sovereignty in your life. Your will trumps God's will. I mean, you could, you could go off and do your own thing if you want to, even though he wants you to experience his presence, his life. Have you ever noticed that? You can still do your own thing. Right? If you wanted to go rob a bank, you could go do that. You might be required to wear a mask, but you could still rob a bank if you want to. Right? It probably comes, it's kind of a package deal, kind of comes with a free invitation from the FBI and then along with free room and board. They'll even dress you, right? But it's not God's will. See, a lot of Christians are out there and they're speaking, well, you know, if God wants me healed, then I'll just be healed. And it doesn't work that way. Well, if God wants me blessed, then I'll just be blessed. Well, it doesn't work that way because of the if. Right? The prayer of faith never says at the end of it, if it be your will. No, the prayer of faith calls for, requires, and makes a demand for what God has already said. Right? So we find his will, and then we speak it. So we see from Numbers 14... That whatever we speak, God will allow. If you go through life, even though his word says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. If you say you can't do it, guess what? He won't force success on you. Right? You won't be able to do it. Then you go to Mark 11, verse 23, and what does it say at the end of that? You know, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says shall come to pass, he will have whatever he says. So that's the second part that we learned here. I mean, we're going to see here with God that we're, we're looking at a verse in John chapter 6, aren't we? Verse 63, talking about God's words, that they're not noise, that their spirit and their life, right? So then we even went to Matthew chapter 12 last week, 
and we see that by our words, we will be justified. And that means we will be pardoned and set free, or by our words, will be condemned. What that means is you'll be sentenced and taken into bondage. Isn't that amazing that even though whoever the sun sets free is indeed free, you can still take yourself into bondage by your words. Is that, but it's interesting. We've got to know this, right? And then, even in Ephesians chapter 4, we see that what? That we are, our words are only to do one th- or two things. We're not to speak unless we're speaking to build up another person or ourselves or we speak to minister grace to the hearer, right? So these are, these are just truths from the word of God on how important your words are. They'll condemn you, they'll justify you. God allows what you say. You'll have what you say, right? These are, these are big, big statements, right? I mean, didn't we went, we went over to Proverbs chapter 18 last week, right? We saw that, man, our life is filled, how? With the increase of our lips. We're satisfied by the fruit of our lips, Life and death is in the power of our tongue. And we see that word power literally means direction. It means that word, it, word power in the Hebrew language means hand. Your, your, your mouth hands you things. Doesn't that just thrill your heart when you start to think if you need more finances, your, hand can, your mouth can hand that to you. If, if you need a touch in your body, physically, your mouth will hand you that. Isn't that amazing? Life and death. Isn't it amazing that your mouth can hand other people things? Right? So this is how important this is. It also goes on back in Proverbs chapter 6. What are we? We're snared by the words of our mouth. Boy, when you start reading in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let this be established. These are some big statements. So if I'm snared by the words of my mouth, that means if I speak a certain way, I'll never be snared. Isn't that amazing? Do you know when when an animal is snared, do they know it? No, they're just, they're running, and all of a sudden, bam, they're caught in a snare. See, sometimes things happen in our lives, and we're like, what? How did that happen? But what we don't realize is many times our words cause that to happen. Right? So we got we, we to be conscious of this. So let's look at this. John chapter 6, verse 63. It is the spirit that quickens. So it's the spirit that gives life. Never forget that. The spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. And then he goes on to say, what's he talking about? The words that I speak unto you, 
They are spirit and they are life. Jesus said, my words are spirit. And what does the spirit do? It quickens. It gives life. Man, if you need healing in your body, do you realize your words can do that? It could release the power of God, the healing power of God. It could release the provision of God. I mean, it's amazing. You're going to find out in this whole thing that in reality, who's in control? You are. Because God set you up in his kingdom with everything you need to walk in victory, to walk in triumph, to walk in in restoration, health, fearless, and strength, right? But where does it all come from? Your mouth, right? There's spirit and there are life. Gosh, we saw in the book of Psalms that if we watch our mouth and our tongue, it can keep our soul from trouble. Has your soul ever had trouble? Do you know all the trouble in your life is in your soul? Right? The unrenewed mind. Well, how does that give you trouble? By the words of your mouth. Well, how does that work? You start speaking thoughts. How do you take a thought? You speak it. And Satan will put pressure on you. Right? We have to believe God for utterance because we live in a church world many times that, that Christians are not hearing because of pride and self-centeredness. It's like, you know, I, I, Pastor, you better preach a message that really makes me happy. And don't go over here and don't touch this because I, I don't want to hear this. So we got to be careful with that. So this is why, you know, I know for me, every day I get up, every, the first, one of the first things I talk to the Lord about, I thank him so much for the day. I thank him for his love for me, his presence in my life. I thank him for a lot of things. And then I always ask the Lord, I'm like, show me what I'm not seeing. Show me what I'm seeing incorrectly, right? If there's any pride Because pride blinds you. It doesn't cause you to see things. And see, if you're not not seeing things right, you won't speak right. Right? Because you say what you see. So this is a huge thing. So the words, so now we transition. We see the importance of our words. They bring life or death. They snare us. They justify us or they condemn us. Right? All this stuff. Well, now we're starting to see, well, okay. Let's talk about God's words now. God's words are spirit and their life. Now, Hebrews chapter 4 talks about that as well. So let's go in, let's go to Hebrews chapter 4 in verse 12, and let's go a little deeper in this, this verse because this, the, Hebrews 4.12, you could say, is a continuation of John 6.63. So Hebrews chapter 4 in verse 12. Hallelujah. It goes on to say here, it says, for the word of God, right, which is what Jesus was talking about, is quick. That means it is full 
of life. And that's the Greek word zoe. That's, it's full of the essence of life that God has. Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. Zoe, the essence of the life of God. Now we see that the word of God is literally full or it's full of life and it says, and it's powerful. This Greek word powerful means that God's word is active and it is effective. God's word doesn't deal with symptoms. It goes right to the root. When you speak the word of God over your life, you may think you know what the problem is in your life. But the word will go right past that symptom. Because a lot of times we think we know the problem because we're feeling bad or whatever. And it's kind of pricking us. But we don't realize, no, there's a root you know, when I deal with uh, couples in marriage or even in pre-marriage counseling, we talk about defensiveness. And most couples, they will deal, you know, have you, ever, have you ever seen defensiveness? Spouse says something to you, or you say something to her or him, and immediately it's like, yeah, they get defensive. Has, has anybody ever said anything to you that where you've got defensive? Well, what happens, what happens, see, defensiveness has a root. So if Jeanette says something to me and she senses that I'm defensive, now she does this, she might not even realize what she does, but she will literally allow me to deal with that. Because what normally happens in a relationship Defensiveness kind of, it becomes the point. The, okay, she pushed my button. I get defensive. What am I going to do? I'm going to push her button. And guess what? We know all of our, we know each other's buttons. And pretty soon it's like, and Satan's back there laughing. Because your words justify you or your words condemn you. But with defensiveness, it has a root. See, what Jeanette doesn't know is if she said something that I perceived that she was looking down on me, what she doesn't know that the root of that happened when I was four years old and my parents looked down on me all the time. And so my defensiveness is actually coming from all this past stuff. It's not coming right here. That's just fueling it. So if, if she doesn't allow me to, first of all, deal with that and just go, okay, let's find the root so that we can take the word of God and uproot it, and then guess what? Because if I can do that, then I uproot it, and now if she says or treats me the same way, there's no defensiveness anymore because the root was taken care of. But a lot of couples, they deal with the same stuff over and over for 30, 40 years and you don't have to. Well, this is the cool thing about the word. If you'll submit your life to the word of God, it's active and it's effective. It's powerful. It's effective. It'll go right. When Jesus cursed the fig tree, what did it do? It dried it up from the root. Guess what? If you dry up the root of cancer, what happens? Health comes out. It's, it's, it's already dead. Now, you might not see it yet. 
right? You, you cut off the root of unforgiveness. And guess what? The behavior all changes. This is what the word of God will do. The Bible says, this is why in James it says, when you implant the word of God in your spirit, it brings wholeness and health to your soul. You guys are all looking at me like, okay, is he meddling? Is he teaching? (laughs) Married couples are like, you know, and all this stuff are looking and rolling their eyes and looking, right? The word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. What does it do? It pierces, right? Even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Have you, ever, have you ever thought, okay, I've got to make this decision. Is this me or is this God? Right? So the answer to that is yes or no. Yes, it's you. But no, it's not God. You're just going the wrong direction. Or yes, it's you. And yes, it's God. Because God never talks to your mind. He talks to your spirit. Does that make sense? So what happens is the Holy Spirit basically brings revelation knowledge of his word to your spirit. And your spirit, have you ever sensed it? When all of a sudden, all of a sudden it's like the word just jumps off the page and you're like, wow. What happened right there is your spirit got it and communicated that to your mind. And when the word was communicated to your mind, it was in the form of maybe a desire or something that connected with you in the mental realm, and it felt just like you. So then you're like, okay, is this me or is this God? Well, how are you going to know? There's only one way. The word divides soul and spirit. It's the only thing on the planet that will tell you if it's God or if it's you. In 14 years of pastoring, do you know how many times I have seen people say things to me? God is leading me to do this. And in, in, a, in literally a three-minute conversation, I'm thinking of three or four scriptures that that is violating. Right? Have you ever thought you were right and then you get out there and you're going, right? You're a Star Trek Christian. You're boldly going where the Holy Spirit's never been. And you think you're following the Lord, but there's something that's just not right. And then all of a sudden, it'll go. You'll think of a scripture and you're like, oh, wow, yeah, no, I I shouldn't go this way. That's what the word does it divides. And it discerns. It it divides us under soul and spirit, joints and marrow. See, the reality here is recognizing the problem. Have you ever noticed this? Recognizing the problem is really not the problem. You guys are looking at me like, what? What? Recognizing the problem is not the problem. The problem is you're allowing the problem to move you. 
It's not recognizing. Do you know, man, have you ever had a problem in your life and you knew it was a problem? But you gotta, you gotta get that to a place to where you don't allow that problem to move you. That's a big thing, right? So the word of God helps us with this. It says, and is a discerner. The word of God, it divides, and now it says it discerns. The word discern in the Greek means to see and know. The word of God will tell you it'll divide. Is this me or is this God? But it'll also cause you to discern. It will cause you to see and know things. Now, this is big because you could be getting, let's say you're thinking about getting into some business thing with somebody. Keep your eyes on the word because the word might cause you to see and know there's some things behind the scenes that you're not seeing with this other person, some other things that are not right. And the word all of a sudden, in, in a different area of your life, you'll just be like, you know, I, I, this, everything looks right, but I just, I can't do it. You know, a guy on our board, uh, our corporate board here at the church, so, so he, you know, he was a worship leader, traveled with Brother Hagen for years on the Crusades, worship leader at Ramah, ran the whole deal uh, for years and years and years. God put it on his heart to move down to Austin, Texas to pioneer a church. And they were in negotiation to getting a storefront. And it just, it just never, he never could just sign the lease. And it's a good thing he didn't sign the lease because like three weeks after they really wanted him to sign the lease, the whole COVID thing broke out, everything shut down, and he would have been paying, you know, a lot of money every month for a location that he could not use. So see, the word of God, it'll, when, when I say see and know things, sometimes it'll cause you to see something that you're not seeing. Sometimes it'll cause you to know something that you can't see. Right? So what I'm hoping now, week one, when you look at your words and the importance of them, you're going, man, I got to watch my words. Step number two, when we're talking about God's word, I want, I want you to see the benefit. Look at how we have more access to the word we have more access to the word of God than I've ever seen in my life with technology and everything. I mean, you know, Brother Hagen, what a great man of God his whole life. I can, in a very short period of time, read everything and listen to everything he ever taught and walk, experience the revelation. And that's why he used to sit in class with us and go, you better go farther than I did, Right? Because we, but we're sitting here where we are in the church and so many people are biblically illiterate because just because you have access to everything doesn't mean you use it. Have you ever noticed how the enemy will come against you? You could read a book about the Bible, but reading the Bible, man, that gets tough, right? Sometimes and speaking the word there's just this unseen, I mean, have you ever felt 
You are so pressed to say what you see, to say what you feel, and not to speak the word. And this is why we all need each other. We, gotta, we have to have each other ministering grace to us, right? We're a body. We're the body of Christ. We're not the bodies of Christ. We're not independent. We're the body of Christ. So this is a big thing. It's a discerner of what? The thoughts and intents of the heart. Now when I look at this and go, wow... It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not of human origin. It's talking about the word of God. But they are mighty, how? Through God to the complete destruction of strongholds. It says pulling down, but that Greek word means utter destruction of strongholds. And it talks about what this, what, what's the source of this? Casting down imaginations. Oh, time out. Now we're talking about the mind. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God or against his word. So now this is telling me that I have to take The Bible says that I have to take every thought captive. Well, how can I do that if I don't see which thoughts I need to take captive? Well, praise God, I just got my answer tonight. The word of God will tell me if I'm submitted to the word. Now, your flesh hates that. Because if you decide to submit yourself to the word, you're going to have a real problem when you get to Matthew 6.33. Seek first. But wait a minute. No, 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 no. I want to go. I want to do this, right? Say only what he said. What? Time out. No, no, pastor. I just need to. Come on now. I just need to be real. Right? You, you, I can do all things through Christ. Man, that kind of wrecks your flesh. When you're in a situation that's not working out, it feels horrible. There's no way. And everything within you goes, what do you mean, let the weak say they're strong? Right? But that's what it means to submit to the word of God. So you're in Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Let's talk more about the word of God. Boy, do I love to talk about the word of God. I hope this makes you fall in love. Do you know the greatest privilege of your life is to know God? You're saved. Eternal life is knowing him. And how do you know him? You through, know him through his word. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Well, it's, I'll just read verse 1 so you can get the context of verse 3. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, or by faith, the elders obtained a good report. And now, so by faith, the elders obtained a good report. And then it says, through faith, we understand. How do we understand this? Through faith. Through faith, we understand. What? Man, you should circle that in your Bible. 
Through faith, we understand. Through faith, we understand. Boy, there's a revelation there, isn't there? We got to camp there for a minute. What does that have to do with my sermon? Nothing, but it'll help you. Through faith, actually it does, but through faith, we understand. You want to understand something? But pastor, I just don't understand through faith. But I just got to see it to understand it. I got to feel it to understand. No, 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 that's not what the Bible says. Through faith, you can understand. But look at what you can understand. This is amazing. That the world's, now this is interesting. Because this word world's in the Greek is the word for ages. It could be translated worlds like planets, different things like that. But it also is translated ages. So hermeneutically, the art and science of biblical interpretation, when it's not specific to one, it means both. But didn't God order everything? He ordered it. So it says, through faith we understand that the worlds or the ages were framed by the word of God. Everything you see was framed by something that is spirit and life that you cannot see. Everything. God framed everything with his word, and now he's telling you and I, you're my child, and I want you to take my word, you're my child, and I want you to frame your world. Wow. See, Satan doesn't want you to know how how important your words are. You know, you start to realize that, You'll stop saying my back is killing me because you don't want your back to kill you, right? You don't want to frame that. This is why God says if you're weak, you need to say you're strong because you're framing strength. If you're poor, you need to say I have a full and overflowing supply. Why? Because you're framing that like a person's framing a house. Your words See, I want you to see how important your words are. Yeah, I know, but God just understands. No, no, he does. He does, and that's why he's made it this way. Because never forget, we didn't mention, I think last week I talked about Deuteronomy 30, 19. Praise God for that one. He sets before us death, life and death, blessing and cursing, and then he even tells us the answer. Choose life. Well, how do you do that? With your mouth. You choose it. You frame it. Well, didn't you frame? Didn't you frame salvation? When you got born again, you framed it. You believed in your heart, what God said, and you spoke it out of your mouth. The word of God says, Jesus is Lord. And then you said, I believe, Jesus, you're my Lord. And it made you brand new. Wow, it took you out of the delegated influence of darkness put you in the kingdom of God's dear son, took you from spiritual death, separated from God, to being literally created in Christ by your words. You frame that. Your words can frame being debt free. Could our words 
frame a country that serves God? I believe it can, right? Oh, I mean, if, if, God, if, God, if it's God's desire that we live a peaceable life and spread the gospel, right? Boy, could, could my words change my marriage? Could it change my relationships? Could, it, could, could my words literally create a ministry or a business or... Yes, absolutely. Is Pastor Tony saying this? I'm saying this because the word says it. It says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. This phrase, that do appear, means they weren't made by things that are visible or could be seen. God made everything. Isn't that crazy? When I sit on a beach and I look at the Pacific Ocean, God's words created that. Every, the mountains in Colorado, right? He, his words created everything. It's amazing. So let's talk a little bit. Now we're talking about, we talked about the importance of our words. Now we're talking about God's words. I mean, when God, God said at one point, light be. And they say the universe is still expanding at the speed of light. Why? Well, we'll see that the word of God, it never loses power. It never returns void. Isn't, that's, that's amazing. And, and see, you got to understand, you take the universe and tonight you could bring it right down to this God who speaks words, knows every hair on your head. He, he is in every day of your life. He set up and framed every day of your life for you to walk in blessing and increase and strength. It's amazing. This God who now formed planets and galaxies and all of this stuff, he said, whatever you ask according to my will, I'll do it for you. Because if you ask anything according to my will, I will hear you, God says. And if you know I hear you, you know you already have what you've asked me for. Wow, that's amazing. It's amazing. The things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. They were made by the word of God. So that's a pretty huge statement. So let's go back to the book of Psalms and let's back this up just a little bit. Let's go to Psalm 33 and verse 6. Psalm 33 verse 6. We're just going to take our time. Can you, can you just sense the weight of some of this? Psalm 33, verse 6. It says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. 
Then he came down to this planet and he took some dirt and he molded into a body, which biologically is completely possible. They've proven that. But that's not enough. Then he did what? He breathed into his nostrils and man became a living soul. When Jesus, when he he was in his glorified body for those days after his resurrection, when he walked in and saw his disciples, it says he breathed on them. That's when they received eternal life. Aren't you glad God breathed on you? It says, verse 7, he gathered the waters of the sea together as a heap. He laid up the depth in storehouses. Verse 8, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. The bigness and greatness of God. Why? Verse 9, for he spoke and it, it says it was done but I love it. The word done in the King James is in italics. It was, it's not in the original Hebrew. <laughs> For he spoke and it was. Right? He commanded and it stood fast. I love it. If you go down to verse 11, it says the counsel in the Hebrew language, that word means plan of the Lord stands forever. The thoughts of his heart, that, that word thoughts in the Hebrew language is, it, it, in the Hebrew language means the purposes of his heart to all generations. I'm telling you, the world system can do whatever it's going to do, but the church and the glory of the Lord, it's never going to diminish. Nothing can stop you in this life. In this short little vapor of your life, we call it life. God says our life is like a vapor. This is literally just preparing you to rule and reign with him. It's amazing. Hallelujah. For he spoke and it was. He commanded and it stood still. So let's jump back. Let's go to Hebrews chapter chapter 1 now. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. Hallelujah. Look at this. Hebrews 1, 3. Now, well, I'm gonna, I'll start in verse 1 because it's so good. Hebrews 1, 1. God, who at sundry times, that means at various times, and in diverse or many manners, spoke in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, but hath in these last days, right, spoken unto us by his Son, What is the primary way God is going to speak to us in the last days? By his son. This is why if any person stands up and says they're a prophet and they're prophesying or they just are just prophesying, one of the gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit, prophecy, inspired utterance in a known tongue. Because of this scripture, it has to be in line with the word of God. So this is how we never judge the person who's giving the word. We judge the word by the word of God. Does that make sense? And if you'll do that, it'll keep you. You know, we've had a lot of words 
We've had a lot of words spoken over almost 2,000 years in the church age. But we have to sift all of it through the more sure word of prophecy, which is the word of God. It says, Whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So how did God the Father make the worlds? Through Jesus. God the Father came up with a plan. Hey, Jesus, I want a galaxy over there. Jesus is like, no problem. And he spoke it. And now, all of it is revealed through his word, and the Holy Spirit will reveal it so that we could understand all this. The Holy Spirit's the revealer. It says here, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Now look at this. Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory, Jesus was the brightness of the Father's glory, the express image of the Father's person. And now what else does Jesus do? And upholding all things by the word of his power. Wow. Wow. He upholds all things. Right now, they can't figure out why matter is being held together, but we know it's being held together by God's word. So right now, we are walking in a tangible expression of the presence of God. The mere fact that this is not blowing apart and our seats are not blowing apart and everything on the planet, it it literally reveals God. Well, I just don't believe it. Well, let me tell you why. Because you chose not to glorify him as God. How do you do that? With your words. You were not thankful. How do you do that? With your words. You became vain in your imagination and your foolish heart was darkened. Do you see how it all fits together? This is massive. Words. God's word is big enough to hold the the universe in place. It's big enough to heal your body. The word of God is powerful enough to change everything in your life. Right? So now let's keep going. Let's go to Matthew 24. Matthew chapter 24. We're going to look at verse 35. Hallelujah. Boy, I'll tell you, this is thrilling me. I hope it's thrilling you. Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. I'm, I, what, I, what my prayer is, is that you're sitting here going, I am going to give a new place to the word of God in my heart. Because see, here's the cool thing. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you who is the teacher. He will teach you the word of God. He will etch it on your heart as you speak it. As you speak it out of your mouth, the Lord Jesus will watch over it to perform it. And he has a host of angels that will go get the job done. And everything is waiting on your words. But we even said last week that that we're to bridle our tongue in the presence of our enemies because our words could open doors to the enemy. Right? But if you don't open those doors, he has no... No way into your life. So Matthew chapter 24, look at this, verse 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away. This means, it doesn't mean heaven and earth is going to 
disappear and a new one come. No, this word pass away means to change from one condition to another, right? Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. In other words, my words will never change. Wow. Jesus Christ is the same. Hebrews 13, 8, right? Yesterday and today and forever. Every good and every perfect gift comes from above. So is it possible for something that's not good and perfect to come from God? No, it can't because his word never changes. In whom is no variableness. This is the greatest scripture on healing for everybody, salvation for everybody. Why? There's no variableness. If God would do something for Anita that he would not do for me, that means he just varied. But there's no variableness in him. If he's done it for one, he'll do it for anyone. But be it unto you, right, according to what? Your word. Wow. You see very clearly that everything that God does, it's according to his word and your word. So if you say what he says, this is where we're going. If you say what he says, you will have what you say. This is huge. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Wow. So let's, we, we can't talk about God's word without going to Psalm 119. So let's jump back there. Psalm 119, verse 89. I have so many scriptures just all over the place here. Hallelujah. It's amazing how it all makes sense, though. So Matthew 24, 35, right? Heaven and earth will pass away. They'll change from one condition to another. But my words will never pass away. Psalm 119, verse 89. Forever, O Lord... Thy word is settled. That means it's established and his word stands in heaven. Wow. So in order to get the results of God's word, you're going to have to let go of your doctrine and embrace God's doctrine. Don't limit God's word to what you have perceived in your life. So so think about this. No pestilence will come nigh your dwelling place. Do you know if you study that Hebrew word pestilence, it has within it viruses? And it doesn't say no pestilence except COVID. Right? No. No. So, So... but, but how does pestilence come near our dwelling? Hey, don't, don't sit there and blame it on God. Just look at your situation and go, okay. So man, he might have got me this time, but he'll never get me again. Because I'm going to shore this up. I'm going to speak this over my life. I'm going to abide in the secret place. And a thousand will fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand. But it is not going to come near me. Why? Because Psalm 91 too, I will say of the Lord... He is my refuge. He's my fortress. 
He's my God and in him I trust. Right? I'm no longer moved by the things of this world. So this is a big one. His word is settled. It never changes. Now let's go to Numbers chapter 23. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. I'm telling you guys, I would encourage you, if you're not taking notes, go back and listen to this. Write these scriptures down. Put a list together and disciple everybody on them. Because every, every child of God needs to know this. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. Check this out. Now this is really cool. It says here, God is not a man. Wow. Now this is amazing because Balaam the prophet said this. That he should lie. So in other words, God, he's not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. That means change. So God never lies and he never changes. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? Wow. So we see that the word of God is forever settled. It does not change and he will not lie. Titus chapter 1 and verse 2 says... He is the God that cannot lie. You know, you preach this stuff. And this is why we've got to believe God for an awakening. Because right now in my spirit, I could tell this is thrilling your heart. But I could also tell we're not grabbing a hold of it as much as we should. We've got to keep hearing it. I mean, we, we have to hear this. I mean, in, in tonight at 1 o'clock in the morning, when, when the enemy's coming or whatever, you need to know that the word of God is true. You need to know that no matter what happens in your life, that you can take the word of God and change that situation. Because when you speak his word in faith, he performs it. That's for your ministry See, this is why we so need intercession and supplication because these two things prepare the ground so that it could bring forth a big harvest. This is huge. This is huge in us right now. This is the difference. We have to, through prayer, prepare the soil so that when the word goes forth, it'll just explode. Right? I'm telling you, and I'm, see, I'm not just talking to you guys. I need to hear this all the time. Wait a minute, time out. Because if you ever, you, you start looking at things, and all of a sudden, all this stuff's happening, and you start saying silly things. Like, I'm worried, I'm fretting, I'm afraid, and then you're like, wait, time out. No, 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 I'm not. Because God's word is true. Guys, in this world, have you noticed, it just kind of seems like, what can you hold on to? Who cares? Don't hold on to anything in the world. We have a sure foundation. And I'm telling you, this is why, this is why the world needs us. 
to be strong. Those people that you rub elbows with every day, they need to see Jesus in your life. They need to see you trust a God who never changes, who can't be moved, right? He's not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Man, we got, let's run over to Isaiah. Isaiah 55. Can you take a little more of this? Hallelujah. Isaiah 55, this whole passage from verse 6 to verse 11 is so good. But we're just, we're just going to stay in verse 11 here. Look at what this says. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. That means, that word void means without power. That means when God speaks it, it never, ever loses power. Has God spoke some things over you? Just because maybe you haven't laid hold of some things right now, don't think that it's over. Well, I missed the window of opportunity. No, no. If you want to know, if you still are in the window of opportunity, get a mirror and fog it. Right? And then get really happy. You're like, wow, I'm still alive. That means I'm not losing. Right? It's not over. That's literally true. Why? Because this, his word never comes back void. But what? It may accomplish? No, no, no. It shall. Right? Bill Winston. Let's be Bill. Listen. Come on. Right? Let's, let's be Brother Hagen. Sh- shout me down. Right? Shout me down right now. It shall. There's no maybe with God. Or I guess Brother Hagin would say, don't shout me down. Don't shout me down. No, I want you to shout me down. Yes, it shall, right? See, so many Christians are just, they're not experiencing the joy of their salvation. They're beaten down by circumstances and they don't have to be. Right? I mean, man, we've got some things in this country We've got some things that on the outside appear that they're going a wrong way. Isn't it good to know that the God of heaven is greater? That right now in your prayer closet, that the God of heaven gets involved and will start raising up governmental leaders, start, start changing the hearts of some of our leaders right? Giving them wisdom will stop the mouth of the enemy. Stops. I mean, don't you have to, right? There's so many Christians. They're like, man, I just, you know, I I tried to step out in ministry, but it just didn't work. So it's over. And I, you know, I, I try to be a good Christian, but I just can't. And I just never be. No, 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 no. It's not over. But his word shall accomplish that which I please and it, the word, shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Well, Psalm 107.20, if you have any sickness or disease in your body, God said, I sent my word and healed them. Amen. Wow. Hallelujah. God always sends his word to accomplish something, right? 
God's word, if you look at these other verses, God's word plants and waters. So right now, we're planting a little bit, but we're mostly watering. Right? And for most of you, we're watering. But isn't watering fun? It'll cause a mighty harvest to come up. God sends his word, if you look at these other verses, so that we can know his thoughts or his plans and purposes. He does this. Wow. I wrote this down years ago in my notes. You plant the seed you hear in your spirit and then water it with your mouth. The Lord spoke that to me years ago. You plant the seed you hear in your spirit and then you water it with your mouth. How does that seed get planted? By speaking. How does it get watered? By speaking. Isn't, see, this is why you have to have ears to hear. And this is why you got to get hungry because only the hungry are filled. If you're not hungry, you got to get hungry. Well, how do you get hungry? By feeding. It's opposite of natural stuff, right? Man, I like the restaurant Benihana. But I bet if I went there 10 times in a row, well, if I went there 20 times in a row, I'd probably be like, yeah, I'm never coming here again, right? My wife's going, I don't know, maybe more, right? But, you know, it doesn't matter. The more you feed on something... In the natural, you just get full. But spiritually, when you feed on God's word, because see, his word is life. Everything in God, it, it propitiates, it grows, it increases. So if, you, if you're sitting here tonight and you have no desire for the word, all you got to do is put, make a decision to put the word first place and start feeding on the word, and it'll start increasing in your life. Wow. Hallelujah. Well, let me go over one more scripture because it's really close. Jeremiah chapter 1. Let's do this. Maybe we'll close here. Actually, I'm going to take about five more minutes. Five more. You guys, can, can you give me one more minute at least? Can five of you give me one more minute? Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. So here we go. Jeremiah 1.12 Then said the Lord unto me, thou hast well seen, for I will hasten. That means watch over my word to perform it. In other words, God has obligated himself to bring to pass in your life whatever he said that you believe in your heart and speak with your mouth. If you believe his word in your heart and speak it with your mouth, he has literally obligated himself to bring it to pass. That's amazing. I love that. In the Amplified Classic of this verse, it says, Then said the Lord to me, You have seen well, for I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. Wow. Hallelujah. In Psalm 119, verse 65, it literally says this, Thou hast well seen, 
or I'm sorry, thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according to thy word. God deals with us according to his word. That's why God would never put sickness or disease on you. God would never allow something to cause you to go backwards because that's, he deals with you only according to his word. I love that. Hallelujah. 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 In Psalm 138, verse 2, it says this, I will worship towards thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Well, when you see the word truth, you know, think of John 17, 17. His word is truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In other words, God surrenders to his word. Wow. So now back to Psalm 119. Hallelujah. I have two minutes. It says in verse 130, the entrance or the opening of his word gives light. Isn't that awesome? It gives light. It gives understanding. This means it gives perception and discernment to the simple. And that word simple literally is just a nice way of saying stupid in the Hebrew language. You could be stupid and the word can give you understanding. I love that. I've been stupid. I'm so glad I don't have to ever be stupid anymore. So in reality, stupid is a choice. Right? So we don't ever have to choose that anymore. All right, one more minute. Verse 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Wow. That's why in Matthew 4, 4, God said, man will not live by bread only, but he will live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And Jesus, the word of God, came to give you the very life and essence that God has. Zoe life. And it all comes through his word. Amen?